0: Welcome to the Teach Speech Podcast. I'm Steph Succo, a high school English teacher, administrator, and College Comm Arts adjunct.
1: And I'm Josh Succo, a stay-at-home dad and first-year college speech adjunct.
0: We're here to talk about all things speech communication at the high school level and in higher ed.
1: We'll discuss how studying communication arts can improve all our daily lives, from interview experiences to relationships. Like a marriage? Yeah.
0: Like our marriage?
1: Uh, sure. We're here to unpack all the feels and what we've learned as speech teachers and coaches over the past 15 years.
0: We hope to explore how we can all use our public speaking skills to make our lives better.
1: Join us for this journey.
0: Today, we'll be talking about interviewing. Why? Well, this past spring, I just went through a series of interviews in my journey to becoming an administrator. And really, it's a big part of all of our lives.
1: Yeah, it was months that we were doing these interviews from spring break to summer break. Um, once yours uh, ended, all of a sudden, I finished my master's program, and it was time for me to go out and interview. And so it's so interesting to see as a, a couple how we handled supporting each other through those those times. So I can't wait to talk to you more today about it. But before we dig in, Steph, what are you learning?
0: So recently I just finished rereading Teach Like a Pirate by Dave Burgess. I am on this huge professional development book kick since we moved into my new office. And I think we moved like two carloads full of books. Oh,
1: it was at least three.
0: (laughs) Well, I've been rediscovering several books that I, I read in the past and I also just read the Bounce Back book by Karen Salmonson And I, what I love about this book, it feels more like a coffee table kind of book, but it has these 75 tips to recovering from change and overcoming obstacles. And, you know, I'm really in a process, instead of thinking about bouncing back, I'm trying to bounce forward as we move into this new school year.
1: Yeah, I uh, read your blog post about it, and I absolutely recommend it so many different people one of my favorite parts uh that you mentioned from the book was tip 15 and that's find your bounceable people um there's so many different people that we have in our lives that we need to know that hey that's a person i can trust with when i'm having a tough day and likewise i love being there for that person and so when we have those tough days just finding our bounceable people i think it's just so crucial to uh just our overall success
0: In in an interview process or in a big transition, sometimes recognizing or identifying who those bounceable people are uh, can be more more difficult or challenging in, in those transitions. But it's so important that you find those people and those people are there. It's just a matter of figuring it out. So Josh, you are more of the social, emotional learning person in our family. So can you tell us a little bit about what you're feeling this week?
1: Absolutely. So I read an article this week from U.S. News & Report that said that the only thing more stressful than interviews is experiencing a divorce or experiencing a death in the family. And so when you were going through your interviews, and then likewise when I was going through my interviews, I felt like that was almost at times a combination of those things where it just, it causes a little bit of a strain where, you know, different responsibilities have to shift around and and help people out. And um, so I just found that that to be really, really Interesting, and I I want to talk more today about what that experience was like for you when I was interviewing.
0: You know, no matter who is going through the interview process in a relationship, interviews are draining, and even if it's a positive outcome, that drain can have an impact on other relationships or other aspects of life. I know for me, when the roles were reversed and I was supporting you, I was almost more nervous and more invested and almost defensive of of what the outcome was going to be. And so I know that I definitely took that almost parent-like role of, of wanting to make sure that everything went perfectly for you and that you were being treated fairly and with respect uh, by the people that were interviewing
1: you. No, that makes perfect sense. That really encapsulates the way I was feeling when you were going through your process as well. And one thing that going back to your blog post and, and that book that you had read Uh, I went and looked up different definitions for the word bounce and one that I found that I really really liked was uh, recover well after a setback. And so while in our case, you know, we got the jobs, things were great, so oftentimes people don't get the job and then they feel like it's a step back and a setback. And so I just want to make sure that people understand that you don't want to overanalyze in those situations. You use the word drain. When you feel that drain, allow that to kind of happen. Rest, come back stronger. You know, a setback doesn't have to be a step back.
0: I love that. And and again, understanding the meanings of words is something that we're super passionate about and, you know, whether it's reading, you know, a blog post or an article that was published today or reading something like the Bible that's been translated so many different times, having that understanding of language and taking that pause can can help people to process a situation too. And so, trying to find the positive even in a negative interview experience, I think can be really powerful and it isn't always easy to do immediately, but definitely something that I think we were working on a lot when it came to the interview experiences, how to process the feelings afterwards.
1: So important. All right. Now the main event stuff, what does interviewing look like in the classroom?
0: Well, two and three summers ago, I actually taught an entire course on interviewing and it was, you know, interviewing such a significant point or portion of our lives like the interviewing that we've been talking about thus far has really been that formal job interview, but there's so many different interview experiences when you're getting to know someone and you're building a relationship, that's a different kind of interview. Oftentimes when we ask questions, you know, I think about our oldest daughter loves to ask questions and she, yesterday she was saying, I'm just curious, Mm -hmm. but that interviewing for information is a different form of interview. And so we're engaged in it in so many different formal and informal ways that you know it has a lot of applications to our lives. So when I think about interviewing or interview speeches at the high school and in college level, I know a really common assignment is the interview partner speech where you work with a partner and you interview them and they interview you and then you give a speech on that person and actually freshman year, your college roommate and best friend, uh, Alex and I were assigned. We are in the same English class, yeah. and we interviewed each other, and we still kind of laugh about that as well. And so that's a really common way to get to know people. And I would argue that it doesn't need to be a summative assessment or a major assignment, but that interview partner process is such a great way to form relationships in the class to help the class get to bond and get to know each other. And and again, it's something that Alex and I have recently talked about. So it definitely has a really positive impact, but it doesn't necessarily have to be super formal. The other interview that assignment that I really love is actually for my junior English class and the iSearch project, which is a research-based project that the students pick their topic. It often is associated with a future career or a vocational path. And so it can have a lot of power and you know, sometimes it is a job, but other times it's often related to happiness and meaning in life and what students hope to achieve. And so one component of that interview or of that process is an interview and they're encouraged to interview a person from their lives that is either affiliated with the job that they're pursuing or has been super influential and inspiring to them that has given them, a, you know, a shift in their perspective so sometimes they try to ask parents like friends and co-workers to try to interview you know someone that they know or that you know the adults in their life also know and other times it's been grandparents or very close relatives and it has to be an adult so so they're not just interviewing a friend they're interviewing someone with real-life experiences and they're having this dialogue or this rich conversation and so then they write A two-page reflection on that process and I think it's so powerful because a it teaches kids to communicate with adults in a professional setting yep it challenges them to think about someone that has had an influence or that maybe even could have an influence so it could be something that leads to an internship or a job in the future and and it's asking them to gather that information and really gather stories that they can then apply to their own pursuits of happiness and career and vocational paths and so that's uh, a project and assignment that i really love and i think it's so meaningful to help students to understand what is a mentor what could how could i find someone that can support and guide me that isn't necessarily my parents or my immediate friendships as well
1: yeah you you said so many wonderful things there and you know spoiler alert if you haven't watched the the first season of ted lasso like my wonderful host here But one thing that you hear Ted say so much in that first season is be curious, and you know there's a very climactic scene in the end of the first season there where he just you know wants people to know why it's so important to be curious, and it's so many of the things that you just said. You know you're going to make a lot more mistakes in life if you're not curious and asking questions about all types of people, people that you're close to, people that you just met, and so I I think that that's so so important to keep that in mind in the classroom and try to find ways to really cultivate that skill in people of, of just curiosity.
0: I also make them handwrite thank you cards. And so that final, like finalizing the interview process, whether it is for a job or for this assignment, or just, you know, bonding with a new person or mentor, like that act of showing gratitude mm-hmm. for the experience and what you've learned from those people is so powerful too. So now that we've talked about what this looks like in the classroom, what does interviewing look like in our daily lives?
1: So one thing that we've talked a whole bunch about this summer is our kids are in a lot of different one week camps. And when those things happen, there's drop offs and pickups and in those moments we'll kind of see, you know, who are our kids hanging out with and and likewise like we'll find out who the parents of the kids that our kids are hanging out with are. And so I think that happens all the time, right? I talk to our other friends and you're always just kind of curious about who are my kids hanging out with and what are their parents like? What are their values like? What are they like? And those types of things. And so those those little moments like that, that is definitely a big part of our daily lives.
0: Absolutely. I, I feel like I've been interviewing our kids' parents so much this summer and I've had an opportunity to really chat with them and understand their values. And I'm we're so fortunate because our kids have made some pretty awesome friends and I'm really excited to see those friendships grow. But asking people for information, getting to know people's values and their beliefs is so key. And, you know, interviewing like the communication process, it's secular. It's its not a one-way street. It's this give and take in a relationship. And so understanding how to ask good questions mm-hmm. can lead us to better answers and a better understanding of a person, a situation, and an overall experience.
1: Yeah, people oftentimes think of us as two communication experts. And so I think oftentimes in those small talk situations with other parents, they expect us to drive the conversation. And for us, driving the conversation isn't talking. Oh,
0: it's asking questions. It's asking questions. (laughs) Yeah.
1: And so that's something that you do amazing. And I, I try to, to watch and learn from you as well, too. And and that it just goes back to that curiosity.
0: And I think understanding that people, when you're getting to know them, we all instinctively want to talk and we want to be seen and validated. And so asking good questions is a wonderful way to love someone and to open them up and help them to feel comfortable as well and so so i think understanding and utilizing that
1: is really powerful yeah it's just such a great way to start those steps to build a relationship kids do it naturally you know us adults sometimes need a refresher all right Steph. before we head out can i throw something by you real quick sure okay so we were going through the interview process and you know that obviously students adults people are talking about the chat GPT the AI Sure. I think a lot of times people think it's okay especially when you're trying to build a cover letter you're trying to look at resume templates what things should I include in this field and so uh, as people going out for a job we're using these these AIs just to kind of get a, a template and an idea what do you think about this I was on ResumeBuilder.com and they were saying that four in 10 companies will be using AI interviews by this next year. Wow. So they're going to remove so much of that human interaction and it's just something that I find to be a little scary. And I was just curious on what your thoughts, initial thoughts were.
0: You know, I think there are a lot of educators who are very concerned about AI. And I, I think that we have to empower our students to be able to use it for good and understanding that it's a brainstorming tool and it's it's really a tool to help you get started, to use it as the summative paper replacement or the, the formal interview. I think I'd have a lot of reservations about that, perhaps not for a screener, mm-hmm. but for an actual interview. There's something so powerful about nonverbal communication okay. and connection and being able to read people and see the potential in people. And I, I feel like an AI bot or generator would would really struggle to find that nuance, and so so that concerns me a little bit. All right, folks, thanks for listening to our first official podcast, and thanks for chatting about interviewing my Steph
1: Did I get the job?
0: We'll have to get back to you on that one.
1: Oh, <laughs> if you enjoyed the show, please join the conversation by leaving us a comment to let us know.
0: Don't forget to subscribe to hear more and please help others to find us by leaving a rating and review and, you know, some feedback wherever you're listening to this podcast.
1: Thanks for chatting with me, Steph.
0: Thanks for chatting with me.